Hey, so we're starting a new series called Living on a Prayer. Because how many of you know that life is actually not designed just to be lived on food and drink and sleep, although all those things are good and we enjoy them, especially when you have a six-month-old in the house. Some of those are very precious. But actually, life is designed to be lived on a prayer. Bon Jovi actually knew a thing or two. Uh, And it's actually something that I think a lot of the church uh, has forgotten to a degree. Um, My my, um, tablet here has decided it wants to restart. Do you find that that technology often just, no, I don't want to restart now. Okay, no, I don't want to restart at 10.53. Oh, that means I have to... I've only got 10 minutes for my sermon. No, I don't want to. (laughs) Um, Okay, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, possibly in 10 minutes. I'll have no notes. It's good good to get through my sermon quick, eh? You guys are like, sweet, 10-minute sermon. That's what we can. I just came for the baptism. Uh, So I know that that God has called us for a a life of relationship. And, uh, and, And that's why prayer is such a central, such a core part of the Christian walk. And we're doing a, we're doing a very brief series, because as Maya said, we're doing Movie May, and uh, if, if any of you know the date, we've only got two more weeks left today, today and next Sunday. So it's a very short series, but I really, I believe God has placed on my heart, and therefore uh, for us, that prayer is something we need to be delving into. Prayer is something that we need to be uh, doing more of. And, and I think it's one of the most misunderstood and kind of uh, misrepresented uh, disciplines of, of the Christian walk. So I just want to demystify it uh, this morning. I'm no expert on prayer, I'll just say. Um, but I've been reading a great book called Prayer. Uh, good name for it. By Richard Foster, I recommend it. But the last couple of years, God has been, he's been challenging me around my, I guess you call them Christian disciplines, the things that we do as followers of Jesus that, are, uh, that we build into our lives. In the last couple of years, uh, he's really been encouraging me to read my Bible. I've been using a Bible and one-year reading plan. Uh, but at the beginning of this year, he really placed on my heart to pray more and uh, to increase the amount of time I spent just one-on-one with God. So every morning, I say every morning in faith, uh, because it's not always every morning. Some mornings are harder than others. Um, but almost every morning, I'm up and I'm praying before I have breakfast and get off to work. And I have to say that things are shifting in my heart. Things are shifting in my life. And not just in the areas that I'm praying for. Because how many of you know that uh, that's the, the, the paradoxical thing about prayer is that while you're praying for things to change, and things do change. Ultimately, the biggest thing that changes is you. Things shift actually far more internally often, and they need to shift internally first before they will shift externally. So it, it's been great. Um, God's just been doing some work in my heart as I've, as I've prayed. And as the great philosopher Shrek says, you know, us people and ogres, we have layers. Onions got layers. We're a lot like onions, and God, God is kind of peeling back. As we pray, God peels back the layers of our heart, the layers of our lives, and reveals sometimes some, some not-so-nice stuff. But I know that in order to grow, that's got to happen. In order for me to become a better dad, a better husband, a better man, a better pastor, I need 
that process. And, and so I've been pressing in and, and, and prayer, and, and I have to say that prayer has been changing me. I want to hear a large amen from my wife, but it's not coming. Uh, <laughs> prayer, she's up the back. Because to pray is to change. To pray is actually to change. A journey of prayer is a journey towards God. And you can't approach God and get closer to Him without changing. But unfortunately, there's something in our lives, there's something I think actually in most people that, that holds us back in prayer. And it's not just busyness. Of course, you know, we're all busy, or at least we think we're busy. Um, but how many of you know God gives you enough time in the day to do what He's called you to do? Uh, and if we're honest, that busyness doesn't stop us from having time to eat or to drink or to sleep or to watch Netflix. So surely our busyness shouldn't get in the way of our time to pray. No, there's something, there's something deeper, though, than just busyness. That, that holds us back in prayer. Something more profound, and I think it's this. We think that we have to have things sorted to pray. We think we have to have everything just right. Conditions have to be perfect, and then we will connect with God. Before we can pray, we have to sort ourselves out, and we have to be good enough people for God to listen. Or maybe we think we have to understand prayer better. We need to read some books in it. We need to talk to people who are, look like they're expert prayers. And we need to know how we should do it first before we can actually pray. Because we wrongly assume that prayer is like a, a skill like motor mechanics or algebra that you can practice and get good at. But it's not at all. Actually, to pray is to be willing to be naive. To pray is willing to, to be humble enough to just begin. Just begin. Never be discouraged by your lack of prayer. I think that's one of the big things that stops us. We get discouraged because we're not praying enough. Therefore, we pray at a guilt or we don't pray at all because we don't think we're good enough. But don't be discouraged about it because even in your prayerlessness, you can hunger for God. In fact, that hunger itself isn't a way of prayer. The desire for prayer is prayer. That's that's a prayer of desire. In your heart, you're, you're hungering after God. There's a longing in you that, oh, I, I need to pray. That longing is you actually praying. Don't be worried by the, the hardness of your heart because prayer will soften it. Don't worry that you think, oh, I'm not good at praying. God will teach you. Another, another blockage that I think often we have towards prayer is that, is that we think, you know, my motives aren't right. I'm praying these prayers out of selfish motives. They aren't 100%. As if anyone has 100% pure motives. We all come to God with a tangled mess of motives. You know, we're a mix of good and selfish, of merciful and, and resentful, of, of loving and, and of bitterness. You know, this side of eternity, you're never going to be perfect. And your motives are never going to be 100%. So quit waiting till you have the right motives. Because you'll be waiting a long time. And all that time, God is just wanting to connect with you. No, Jesus knows 
that we'll have these hang-ups about prayer. And that's why after he gives the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, that prayer, straight up there, he reminds us that prayer is like a little child coming to their parents. In fact, we should have this here in, in Luke 11. Which of your, you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Kids come to their parents with crazy requests, right? I don't, I don't know if, if you've ever had that moment, but you know, you're putting tea on the table. And your five-year-old comes up and says, Dad, can I have an Easter egg? And you're like, no, we're having dinner. It's tea time. What, what, what makes you think you're going to have an Easter egg now? But kids' requests are, let's be honest, 99% of the time, selfish, right? They weren't asking for an Easter egg to give to their sister. <laughs> you understand 99% of the time, the requests the kids bring to their fa fathers or mothers are selfish. God understands this. He understands the human condition. He understands the inherently human selfishness that not just kids have, that adults have as well. He understands, and he's okay with it. It doesn't bother him. Because in the very act of prayer, something changes, like I said earlier, in us. In that ongoing interaction, our motives gradually change. Sometimes it's more gradual than, than, than others. But our issues, our desires, our wrong motives are dealt with as we come to God in prayer. God accepts our prayers just like he accepts us, just as we are, just as they are. You see, and this is, an, this is an amazing picture, an amazing image. There is no bad picture that a child can bring to their parent. If my five-year-old Tessa brings me a picture she's drawn, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, the colors are a bit off. You, could, you went outside the lines here, and what is that, actually, even... I don't even know what that thing is. No, I, I'm not going to criticize. In the same way, when a child of God comes to their dad, there's no wrong prayer. There's no bad picture that you bring to your dad. There's no bad prayer that you bring to your heavenly father because your heavenly father loves you. Are you getting it? And I think God's heart is just that you would bring something. God's heart is just that you would do something. Come to him in some way. He doesn't he can work with whatever you bring, but you got to bring something. He can't work with you unless you're coming to him. Unless you as I said becoming naive, becoming like a child and just coming to him. So where, where do we begin? If we're, if we're going to pray, what, what, sh what should we start with? How do we start? Well, as I said, as, as God is a, as, a, as a loving dad, prayer actually just begins in love. 
St. Augustine says, true whole prayer is nothing but love. True whole prayer is nothing but love. Samuel Coleridge in that, that old poem, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, he says, he prayeth well who loveth well. It makes sense that that prayer actually just begins and ends in love because God is love. And prayer begins and ends with God. So, so don't be fooled into thinking that prayer is all about the words. It's not about the words at all. It's about your heart. And, and too many people get caught up, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm not very articulate. I haven't, I haven't prayed much before, and, and I don't know. It doesn't matter if you just come to your loving God with some words, with a heart that's open to Him. That's all you need. Because just like, you know, a young tongue-tied lover doesn't know the words to say to his one true love, as he just gets all tied up in knots, that's fine. You too can come before God like that. You don't have to have the right words to say. I'd suggest, though, that a good place to start is, is praise or thankfulness. Just as we begin our time together here, praising God and thanking Him, when you come before Him by yourself, start with a heart of thankfulness. Start by thanking Him about the good things that He's done in your life. Start by thanking Him about, you know, the friends and family you have, the, the way he's placed you in this beautiful nation, the, the I don't know, the, the countless blessings he has given you, ultimately the life that you have in him. Begin by thanking God, and all of a sudden your perspective will change. That's the beauty of, of thanking God is that it takes our focus off ourselves and our situation and puts them on God. And all of a sudden those problems and issues we were bringing to him don't seem so big anymore. So start with, with praise and, and thanksgiving. That's always a, a good place to begin. But beyond that, just begin in the everyday. Just start with the mundane, the boring, the simple, the stuff that is on your mind, that is in your life. Uh, we'll call this simple prayer. Just start with simple prayer about what is going on in your world. Don't believe the super spiritual uh, people that, who, who claim to be more sophisticated and mature who, who say that, you know, that they've moved past that and they're at it because that's just self-centered. They're, they're, in, they're in, you know, others-centered prayer. Most probably those people haven't prayed much. <laughs> Most probably they've, they've read a lot of books about prayer and they've analyzed prayer and they've discussed prayer. But it's highly unlikely that they've actually prayed an awful lot because Simple prayer isn't something you graduate from. It's actually the place that you begin in every time, pretty much. You don't bypass it and become a better prayer. You know, you go through it. Yeah, you pray for those things that are on your heart, and then you can pray for others as well. But don't beat yourself up if you think, oh, well, my prayers are just selfish. There's no perfect way to pray. And yes, of course, be praying for others. Be praying outside of yourself. But don't feel bad. God never condemns you. So don't feel bad if you're praying for yourself or for your family or your situation. And when we pray, 
like that or, or about anything, God begins to work. It's like an invitation for him to come in and start his business. And he starts to work on the things you're praying for, but also on the condition of your heart. And, and then the beginning, it really starts. Prayer really takes off and things start to change. The adventure essentially begins in that place. Now, if we're brutally honest, often our prayers begin from disappointment. Often they begin with something like, why me? Why is this happening? God, help me. This sucks, and I need your help. Did anybody pray those prayers? Oh, just two of you. What are the rest of you? So holy. I pray. You bet you pray like that too. <laughs> Come on. We, we, we pray like that, don't we? We, we just get in those situations. C.S. Lewis, the great theologian, says, We should lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. We lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. God doesn't want you to bring the things that you think you should bring to him. He just wants you to bring it all. Be yourself. Bring your heart and lay it down before him. So stop thinking you have to have it all together to pray. Stop thinking you have to say the right words or to say them the right way. Get this. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That's, that's the Holy Spirit praying on behalf of you. I don't ask you what it sounds like. But God understands that. So don't get hung up on your words. Because if he can understand wordless groans, he can make out what you're trying to say. Because he knows your heart anyway. He just wants to hear something coming out of your voice, out of your mouth. So don't sweat. Don't sweat it. Just be real. I mean, the Bible is riddled with people who prayed very real, sometimes brutally honest prayers to God. And God's really not bothered. <laughs> Take Moses, for example. Moses, you know, we all heard of Moses. Red Sea, great hero of faith. Get this prayer. In Numbers 11, starting in verse 11, he asked the Lord, Moses asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. Wow. Is that, is that honest enough for you? You can't get much more honest than that. It's just a big whinge. Moses is just having a big whinge to God. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, that's Moses, and, and that's just actually Moses, that's just Moses talking to God. Well, what do you think prayer is? If not talking to God. If Moses can talk to God like that, then so can you. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's not 
like far too many religious people portray using high and lofty language. And dare I say, even following some kind of liturgy, prayer is simply just talking. And all your rawness and realness, just talking to God. Because remember, prayer is just an ongoing love relationship. And if you love God, then you can have that conversation. You can talk to Him any way you like. You, you can use liturgy. You can go and pray in Latin, if you like. But Martin Luther uh, made it a way for us not to have to do that. And I don't think it's going to help you an awful lot. I, I, I actually, I, I genuinely love hearing new Christians pray. Far more actually sometimes than, than Christians who've been a Christian for a while. Because uh, let's be honest, sometimes um, Christians who've been Christians a while, they intersperse their prayers with a lot of things they don't need to. Have you noticed that? Father God, dear God, um, Father, thank you, Father God, um, dear Father God, Lord God. And like, he knows who he is. Do you, have you forgotten? You don't need to remind him or yourself who you're praying to every three seconds. Okay, that's just a wee, I've got that off my chest now. Uh, sweet personal bugbear. But I love new Christians because they, they don't have any of that. They'll pray like this. God, help Dave to not pray too long, preach too long. Thanks. <laughs> that's awesome. God gets that. It's refreshing. You can complain in your prayers too, just like Moses. In fact, if you read the Psalms, the biggest book in the Bible, about half of them are just big moans. They're just big whinges, complaints. There's a book called Lamentations in the Bible. That's just complaints towards God. King David and all his, and a few others are just pouring out their hearts. What's actually really interesting is that they're, they're psalms. So psalm means a song. So they were set to music. Can you imagine if we just sang complaints to God? We came here and we just moaned dirges to God. You can do that at home, by the way. I don't want to come to a church that does that. But, but there's, there's, a, there's, there's an element there that is very real. Actually, the, the people of God had complaints, and they brought them to God. But often, the vast majority of those, those psalms, they, at some point during them, they turn. So they begin in lament, and they turn to praise. A couple don't, because let's be honest, not every situation does have a happy outcome. But the vast majority of them, somewhere along the line, the psalmist, in his own writing of this and his own complaints turns it around and, and gets perspective like we talked of and, and, and it turns to praise. I actually think that's a very good pattern for our prayer as well. And if you come with a, a complaint to God, allow God into that and allow him to turn it around and turn it into praise. And that's the beauty of prayer. You can start off in a, in a hard place and by the end of it, Something has shifted. Maybe you haven't seen it yet in the physical, but in your heart, something has moved. Another, another tip I'll give you is, is don't, don't try too hard in this whole prayer thing. You know, uh, there's a risk that 
after today, you go away and you think, man, Dave's been talking about prayer. I need to pray more. I'm set my alarm for 5 a.m. I'm going to pray for an hour. And you set your alarm for 5 a.m. You sleep through it. In fact, you sleep through the next alarm. You're late for work and you're like, oh, I failed. I'm such a bad Christian. Just, just ease your way into it. Nobody runs a marathon after a week of training. Or if they do, they're an idiot. Not looking at anyone in the front row who <laughs> might have done that. <laughs> but <laughs> we begin slowly. You train. You build up to it. Otherwise, you'll get spiritual indigestion, and you won't be able to handle it. Just pray a little more every day. And let your hunger, because that's the beauty of prayer. As you pray, you want to pray more. You, you, your hunger grows for God. And don't worry. If they're self-focused prayers to start with, that will change. That will change. Because you can't dwell with God and not have Him change you. That's the beauty of it. When you're with Him, He will change you. Because you are, you know, we, we, need, we have that saying, you are the company you keep. Yeah, it works with people, but it works with God too. The more time you just spend in His company, in His presence, the more you'll become like Him, the more He will change you and give you His heart. And you'll start to pray more along the lines of your kingdom come, your will be done, rather than God just give me a Ferrari. Maybe that's not your prayer, but. uh, Can I also suggest that, I'm giving you lots of just, lots of ideas around prayer, and hopefully some of them are, are sitting with you, but can I suggest that you pray in the face of evil? What I mean by that is that, if we're honest, often there's an internal battle going on in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's anger, or lust, or pride, or resentfulness, or greed, or ambition, I don't know, there's often something going on in us. Don't isolate those things from prayer. Don't think, oh, I'll put those things over here, and then I will pray my nice, holy, little, devout prayer. No, no, God wants to be in that mess. You need to lift even your disobedience up to God because he can take the weight of it. He can handle it. He's strong enough. And, and while it's true that sin separates you from God, you know what separates you even more? It's hiding from that sin from God because that's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Remember, they realized their sin. They realized they're naked and they hid from God. And, and God comes and says, why are you hiding from me? He was disappointed that they wouldn't come to him with their wrong. With, they knew they'd done wrong, and God was actually hoping that they would come, but no, he had to go and find them. See, far better to come in your brokenness, in your lust, in your pride, in your bitterness, in your anger, and bring those things to God and say, God, I'm struggling with these. I really, I really don't like this person. They really hurt me. God, help me to forgive them because I'm struggling too. God, I'm really struggling with these wrong thoughts and I know that they're wrong and I need need your help in this because I can't fix it myself. God just wants you in relationship and all your brokenness. Emily Griffin says, 
the Lord loves us, perhaps most of all, when we fail and try again. He loves us perhaps most of all when we fail and try again. Come to God, no matter what is going on. No matter, don't wait until you've had a good day to pray to God. Don't wait till you've had a good week to start that prayer journey. No, begin in the brokenness in the, in the place that you're in right now. Can I invite the band up? This morning, I, I realized that a lot of you might be cool with this. There'll be, a, there'll, be, there'll be a range of people. Some of you will be, you know, like, yeah, I'm praying daily and I'm feeling that connection. I'm feeling close. I'm feeling the love of God. And that's great. I salute you. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. But I, I'd hazard a guess today that a lot of you, you're not in that place. And as I've spoken, something stirred in you, a desire to begin again has stirred in you. Because the more I get, go along in this Christian journey, the more I realize that actually it is just a journey of beginnings. It's just a journey of beginning again and again, starting again and again with God over and over and that's why, while baptism is so powerful, it's just one beginning of many. Actually, we need to daily take our lives to God. Talk to Him, listen to Him, be real and honest with Him. Share with Him our hopes, our desires, our dreams, our failures, our disappointments, our complaints. We just need to strip away all the rubbish, all the religiosity that says you have to do this, and you have to pray like this, and you have to be this way before. No, just come to Him, just as you are. I would love to, to pray with you this morning. And I, it's not that I have a special pastor's prayer that, I, that you know, gets bumped up the queue of prayers in heaven. <laughs> it's not how it works. But I believe there's power in agreeing together. And I want to add my weight to your prayers this morning. I want to agree with you that you're going to start again, begin afresh in that love relationship with God. Because actually, it's far more actually about the, the response of your heart to Him than it is anything I can pray for you. I'm going to pray, and I, I would love to pray. Why don't we stand to our feet in this auditorium this morning and if you're here this morning and something has stirred in your heart and you're like yeah I want to begin again I've been I've been slack I've not been praying as much as I want I've been and I've been getting down on myself about that I just want to say right now there's no condemnation there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus he just wants relationship so just let's let's close your eyes in this place and if if you're here this morning and you just want to begin again, this isn't a salvation article. You're a Christian, but you just want to connect again. You want to reach out in prayer again to God. Just respond now. Maybe lift a hand or two hands. Do whatever you've got to do. But I would love to pray with you and for you. And, and then we'll even leave some space for you to pray as well. But come on, our, our Christian journey is just about beginning again, speaking again about our every day with Him. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank You that 
you just want us to come to you just as we are, not with anything flash, not with any any uh, ears or, or or great words, God. You just want us to come as we are because you love us, and, and we do that now. We come to you, our Father, our Dad, and Lord, we bring our prayers to you and. Yeah, they may just be a scribble on a piece of paper, but we know that you receive them with love and you rejoice over them because of what they represent, us. And Lord, I pray that this week you would take us on a journey. You would help us to go deeper and rawer and more real in our prayers than we've ever been before. God, whether that takes us to a hard place of complaining, whether it takes us to a a hard thing that we've been pushing off to the side and we haven't wanted to address, God, we say, we'll go there. We'll do it because we know that in your arms we are safe. We know that in your arms there is forgiveness and there is hope and there is the ability to change. God, we pray this morning that as we begin again, you will pour out your Spirit in us and change us from the inside out. We pray that in your name. Amen.